pure revelations that are sh that that will shape our lives do shape our life when you get a revelation it can literally change your life it can set the whole course of your life if you get the right revelation it really is that powerful you know it's it's not one thing it's not enough just to be saved please please hear me it's not enough to be saved let me show you something that i discovered when I read to you this morning from Ephesians 1 that I keep asking the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, he keeps asking, okay, why does he keep asking him that he will give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better? So he keeps asking. Now, when you look at, Paul, when you look at Paul's writings, when he speaks to the Galatians, he speaks to a church that is superstitious. He speaks to a church that was easily bewitched. When he goes to the Corinthians, they've got all spiritual gifts, but no maturity. Can you believe that? Corinthians church had all the gifts going, but there was no maturity in the people. Gifts, spiritual gifts are not a sign of maturity. This is where charismania has gone wrong. We think because we've got gifts, we're mature. We want gifts, but we also want maturity. So we have... A Corinthians church that's unbalanced. We have the Galatian church that is full of superstition and religion. And now we have the Ephesians church where Paul is praying for these guys that you will receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know God better. Now, does that seem a fair, sincere prayer? So would you, like, would you want to be like the Ephesians? Are you sure? Are you sure? Come to Revelation chapter 2. Let me show you something about the Ephesians. Be careful what you ask for. See, something that the Lord showed me this week. I'm in the zone of Revelation at the moment. Every church must have a revelation. Every church must have a revelation. The Corinthians had a revelation. The Galatians were legalist, superstitious legalist. The Corinthians had gifts. The Ephesians had revelation. But look what they did, or what they didn't do with the revelation. Chapter 2, to the angel of the church in Ephesus, I write these words. Here's the revelation. These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in the right hand. Who walks among the seven lampstands. So there's the revelation. That God wants them to know that he's the light in the church. And he walks amongst them. Read every church. There's a revelation. And they were, they were accused for not holding that revelation. And then it says, I know your deeds, your hard work, your perseverance. I know that you, can, you do not tolerate wicked men that have tested those who claim to be apostles. So some, the apostolic ministry was supposed to be flowing through the Ephesians church, but they were false. Not all of them, some of them. So every time you hear that word, apostles, be very, very careful. That doesn't mean say they're all false, they're not. Absolutely they're not. But just because it comes with a package, I'm an apostle. Now, it was the church's job to test what was true and false. How do we do that? We need revelation. To know the genuine from the insincere. 
True? So then he says, I know that you have not tolerated wicked men and that you've tested those who claim to be apostles, but are not, and I've found them false. You have persevered and endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. Stop there, Lord. It sounds great. You're giving us a great report right now, Lord. Uh-uh. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. The very guy that was praying for him, that the Lord would keep giving them a spirit of wisdom and revelation, that, that you may know him better, is the very thing they never pressed into. And now they're being accused of forsaking first love. Wow. What went wrong from, from Ephesians to Revelation? Something went wrong. And all Paul could do was keep at God, these people need something. Maybe Paul had an insight, I don't know. Maybe Paul saw the congregation, the church in Ephesus, and said, Lord, if these lot don't get a spirit of wisdom and revelation, they're going to be written up in Revelation as a church that forsook, forsook the first love. When you don't get Revelation, and you don't work with Revelation, you will forsake the first love. That's why you can have a revelation of the cross and you can be in love with Jesus the day you discover him. And you walk on cloud nine for the week. You feel that this love, this cleanliness, this peace, this joy, you don't know all those words, but you feel thoroughly clean inside. And that's the work of him in you. You've done nothing at this point. All you've done is receive him. But then, it's so easy when the feeling wears off. Now you forsake the very thing that you'd said all through that first week that you loved him. And it's so easy to let go of what you know. It's so easy. It's not what you know, because at that point you know nothing. It's who you know. And if we keep hold of the one we know, we'll learn a lot more about him. So that we can consolidate the one we've fallen in love with. How many of you know when you get married? Hey, go for it. How many of you know when you get married, you learn and you discover things about the person you love? True? But if you, if you let what you know and discover cloud your judgment, your heart, you'll forsake your love. True? But if we get a pure revelation, keep getting pure revelation of, of Christ and who he is in our life, if we get to know him better, then we'll be able to keep that first love principle always alive. You know, that first love principle works in every relationship. If you do not keep the first love, if I do not work my marriage through, Carol's my first love, my proper love. I thought I was in love with another girl. She just hurt me. But when I discovered true love, this woman's only ever, only, you know, increased that love. So if I don't look after that first love, we're going into a divorce court. Eventually, it will lead to, down that path. Not, not instantly, not overnight. But eventually, it will lead us down the wrong path. It's amazing how you go from Ephesians to Revelation and something went wrong. Wow. When I saw that this week, it was like, oh my Lord. Now I know why he said keep asking. The same can happen to you and I. If we do not keep asking, something can go wrong. 
We don't live in fear. But we've been given permission to keep asking. So in Matthew chapter 13, verse 11, there's a conversation taking place. There's a conversation taking place, and it says, The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. This is why I speak to them in parables. Those seeing, they don't see. Though he or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will ever be hearing, but never understanding. You'll be ever seeing, never perceiving. This sounds like church to me. For this people's hearts have become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, ears, hear, and with their ears, sorry. Understand with their hearts and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes, because they see. And blessed are your ears. Why? Because they hear. For I tell you the truth, many prophets and righteous men long to see what you see, but did not see and hear it. What you hear, but did not, they did not hear. What you're receiving is not what they received. What you're seeing is not what they saw. So it's possible to hear the same thing. It's possible to, be, to have a group of people in here this morning that always hear but never perceive. It's possible that you can be in church for 20 years but never see. It's possible, it's very, very possible that you can come to church all your life and still not know the one they talk about. Understand the one they talk about. Never touch the one they talk about. Never see the one they talk about. It's always going on in someone else but never them. Why? Because something, somewhere, something goes wrong. Internally, we lose our love, we lose our understanding, we lose our desire to keep understanding, we lose our capacity to keep receiving, and we lose the first love. So now we know a lot about Christ, but we still don't know him. It's not good. And Christ wants to prevent this. He says, guys... I want to prevent it. I'm so behind what Paul's praying that I'm giving you secrets that others have not got. I'm giving you revelation. I'm giving you revelational knowledge that others have not seen. And this knowledge of me will open your eyes. This revelation of me will open your ears. This revelation knowledge of me will open your heart so that you can receive that which is coming from the heaven. It's called secrets. When I, if I tell Lisa the secret right, if I tell Lisa something right now on her own, but I tell you everything, is that a secret? No. I made something known to you that I made. I might as well just said, she can, all hear, she can hear the same time as you lot. But if I share something with Lisa and I say it's a secret, she's got something that you don't know. Is that not right? And that's what Jesus did with these people. He told them something that the rest of Israel would never enter into. I'm telling you something this morning through the Spirit of God that many church believers don't know. 
or won't take, depending what religious opinions they or persuasive opinions they have, some people will shut down and say, we're not, we're not Pentecostal. So that's all that spirit thing they have. Thing. Well, guess what? We're not Pentecostal. Ooh. Didn't say we're against it. We said we're not Pentecostal. The moment you label yourself, you stop. So we're not Pentecostal. We're progressive. What kind of Christian are you? I'm a progressive one. That's the best way to answer that question. I was born again in the Brethren Church. I once was a Brethren. Then I became an Evangelical. Then I became a Pentecostal. Then I got a real, then I had some brain surgery and realized, stop pigeonholing yourself. Just call yourself a progressive believer. Yeah? So here he is. The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you. What knowledge? What secrets? The kingdom of heaven. Heaven is, we are receiving this kingdom. It's coming to us. We don't want to be found and ever hearing but never perceiving people. Why would God, I tell you, the reason why God gives the ministry in this house revelation, because he sees there are people who want it. There comes a point in a church where a lot of pastors move on because they see that the people are not open. Now, it's his job to stand in the gap and change that environment. But so many don't understand that. Most people want, most pastors want you to know what they know. I don't want you to know what I know. I want you to know the one I know. Some of you know the one I know better than I know him. The pastor doesn't have the best relationship with God, you know. I have a good relationship with God. But don't ever think he's got the best one. Because he's, he's like you. He has to fight the same challenges you do. Some of you guys have got a clearer, cleaner relationship than maybe I've had at times. That might be a wake-up call for some of you. It's easy to stand behind the pulpit and speak, you know. That doesn't mean to say you're clean. That's why the Ephesians had to test the false apostles from the genuine. So God's desire is to set his revelation deep inside within your heart. That's where truth must live. Because in Psalm 51, 6, he says, Surely you desire truth. In the inner parts, you teach me wisdom in the inmost place. So where's it set? In the inner parts and in the inmost place. So where's the inmost place? The place that you and Jesus walk together. Work out what you're receiving. The inner parts is me. So this truth fills every part of me. It, It fills my mind, my heart, my soul, my spirit. My hands, so everything I touch is clean. Every direction I go is pure. This revelation needs to be set in the innermost parts and the innermost place. That's where it has to live. Do you understand that, church? It's not in your head. It's in your heart. It's in the innermost parts. Go deep within your own life. Truth, revelation, has to fill every part of our lives. Because when you start thinking about yourself the way you do sometimes, it's only the truth that's going to rescue you. Because Hebrews 11, 
Sorry, Hebrews 12 says that about the word of God that it goes and it divides joint and marrow. That's the innermost parts. And only the word, what is the word? The word is the revelation. It has to go deep within our hearts. We can't just hear with our ears. We have to, we, we have to hear with the, with the ears of our spirit. We've got to learn to receive spiritual food. It has to be received spiritually. Information is, is received cerebrally. By the mind. But that which is coming from heaven must be received differently than that which is coming audibly. Do you understand that? Because we have to separate what's audible and what's spiritual. Does that make sense? Because if you catch the revelation and you set up to catch things spiritually, it will shape your life. Transform your life. If you're not set up to receive, you'll just hear and it'll just be information. See, when I read that scripture, Ephesians, I read it last night. It was a revelation. Tony, don't stop at Ephesians. That's what the Lord was reminding me. Don't just camp at Ephesians, but be aware that the Ephesians, the very church that Paul was praying for, lost it. Each church is given a revelation. But guess what? If you go from church to church to church to church, you never grow because you never work in that revelation you never discover the revelation that's being poured out in that base. This is why with a prophetic, apostolic base that we're becoming, there's a revelation that God is giving us to set things in order. We're not preaching about Christ, we're preaching Christ. We're trying to set him in the midst. We're trying to drill down into your life so that Christ can advance. So this word can progress in you. Now, that takes a different revelation to do that. So that's why we write the training manuals. Why? Because we want you to be established, not informed. So it takes a revelation. So when we go to different churches, can we get blessed? Yes. But is that all you want? You know, if I take the kids to McDonald's, the kids will feel blessed. But how many of you know if I take them to McDonald's every day, I'm actually not blessing them. And a lot of church meals are happy meals. They are Kentucky fried buffets. You know, it's this one week, drawing this week. It's all sugar and salt to keep the, the listener coming back. But any good father who sets the table or any good mother chooses the groceries and decides what's needed. Why? Because health becomes the primary issue, not just enlargement. Yeah? As we know, we are one of the most obese nations. What does that tell you? We feed our kids with the wrong foods. So God says, surely you desire this truth in the innermost parts. Surely. So when we talk about wisdom, we're talking about revelational knowledge. What you hear must become a revelation. So that you too can turn around and say, once I was blind, now I can see. Once I, was, once I didn't understand, now I fully understand. So let's just break down that scripture we've just read uh, in Matthew. The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you. So you've got something that maybe somebody else doesn't have. 
Have you ever considered what you have, what maybe others don't have? What have you received that maybe others don't have? Well, to some degree, it's difficult to answer because it's not until you start talking with other people, you discover what they don't know. True? And as you travel around the world and you talk to various Christians, you realize there's a lot of gaps. And sometimes you have to, you have to go outside the church to realize what God's given you. True? And then you realize, oh, thank God, I'm in a house which has given me this. But you didn't realize that until you went outside and you started talking to different people. You don't have to go far. Just go down the road and sit in another church. And you'll see the differences. Some are good, some are bad. You'll realize sometimes by doing that, you can realize what you're not getting. Just as much as what you've got. And if you really desire to grow, then you have to make a different choice. True? And the, secret, the knowledge of the, the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, the knowledge of the secrets... That's why we need revelational knowledge. The knowledge of the secrets. There's many, many secrets that God wants us to know about. About the kingdom of heaven has been given to you. We need a revelation of the word of God. Remember when John was taken into, into the spirit, he had a revelation of the word of God. He had a revelation of the testimony of God. The testimony of Jesus, which is the spirit of prophecy. He had a revelation of God the Father. And he had a revelation of the kingdom that is coming. He had four areas that he had to receive a fresh revelation. He saw the Christ. He saw the lamb around the throne. He saw the testimony. What the spirit, what the angel and what everything in heaven was declaring about him. He then he, he began to see the father in a new light. Then he began to receive the revelation of the kingdom that is coming, that is now, and will come, and will be futuristic. John saw all this, and he wrote it down in his revelation. Men are trying to understand the book of Revelation. But you can't understand the book of Revelation just by reading the book of Revelation. You need a revelation about that. You have to read the book of Revelation, and you have to read it with many other books. Because the sum totality is not all stored in one book. But you need revelational knowledge to be able to understand those secrets. Why do we need to understand those? So we can position our lives better. Does that make sense? Everybody's interested about what's going to happen in the end of the world. Jesus is interested in how the church is going to advance. And other men are working out, will it be Russia? Will it be China? Will it be the ten confederate nations? You know what? I don't give a rip. All that should put an urgency in your spirit to know that he's coming back. I better live right. I better walk right. When he comes back, I want to be able to please him. When he comes back, the issue is, will he find faith on the earth? That's his primary concern. Which faith? Your faith. Will he find it? That's why I need to work out my salvation with fear and trembling. Why? Because when he comes back, I want to be right. So when I read Revelation and I get a sense that the time's getting nearer, it should really say, Lord, I need to be clearer, cleaner. So they can go and tell other people that it's near. No, but we just want to be able to put our charts on the wall and teach everybody what's going to happen. And we stay the same. 
because we have a knowledge of the truth, we think, I'm in, it doesn't matter. No, the revelation that the lamb is coming. He said he was going to come. It's called the blessed hope. He's coming back again. And when he comes back, I want to be ready. I want oil in my lamp. I don't want to be a stupid virgin. I want to be wise. I want my oil, my lamp burning. Remember the song, give me oil in my lamp. <laughs> All right. Verse 12 of that Matthew. Whoever has will be given more. So if you have something, it's a down. In, in, in other words, if you have something, you've got the software running. So the software can only keep on running provided that you keep upgrading. So every day on your machine, it says Windows wants to upgrade. So every day the Holy Spirit says, read my word, pray with me, walk with me, listen to me. That's heaven's windows are saying it's time to upgrade. There are new secrets ready to be given into you today. The heavens want to impart some new truth into your hearts. Will you upgrade? And what we say, later. On our computer we say, not now, later. No, no. Heaven's windows wants to upgrade you now. So what you have can increase. But here's the, here's the issue. But what they don't have, or the little they have, will be taken away. Wow. If you can work out the little you have, you can ask for more. You can ask for more. If you work out what you don't have, you have a, and that should spur a desire within you to ask for more. Yeah? The promise is, for those who ask, they'll receive. You've not asked up to this point, says, says Jesus. But now you're going to start using my name and you're going to start drawing on my name. That's going to give you access into the heavens. As you start asking in my name, the Father, will, through the Spirit, will be pleased to give you continual upgrades in the kingdom. Amen? And then he says, it moves from just not only will you have, but then in verse 12, the latter part, he says, and he will have an abundance. The prophetic word that's coming to our lives is coming so that we can progress. So that it can unfold provision. Amen? So that we can have protection. Revelation does that. Revelation protects you. It does. Revelation pro propels you. It causes progress to come. Since I started declaring to you in January, doors are opening for me all the time. I can't make these doors open. These doors are opening for me. So that's just me. What about you? I've real, I'm reading emails. People are getting jobs. That's provision. But you say, well, people will always get jobs. Yeah, but not. Listen, I've got a daughter that's been out of work for a year. No, she might need to put some more effort into that. But the issue is people are getting jobs. Provision. Doors will open. No striving. That's provision. Provision is only one. 
One dimension of revelation coming to us. Progress. Protection. These things are coming to us in this season. Now, if we can receive that word and work in that word, greater revelation will come so we keep progressing. It's not for one year. God wants us to keep advancing. God wants us to live in the shadow of the Almighty so that we're continually under his protection. So we're continually under provision. So we are continually in progress. This is the church. It's called the kingdom's advancing. So he says there, whoever does not have, and what he has will be taken away from him. Can you imagine? If It's like Phil saying, I, me saying to Phil, Phil, we're taking an offering, can you give a fiver? I've only got a pound, so I take the pound off him. They literally did have, I've now taken away from him. So I did receive knowledge, I did receive some revelation of Jesus Christ. But because I do nothing with it, I lose it. I want you to understand that Bible. I want you to, it's amazing. You talk to those backsliding people who used to have a desire and a knowledge and a revelation. It's amazing. Once they go into the world, they lose it all. They lose it all. Because revelation, God's word will not return void. It's going somewhere. It's doing something. And if it can't, if it can't find a home, in you, it'll find a home in someone else. There's been many things prophesied over this region. And men did not tap into it. So what happens is the word waits. The world spins. As the world spins, times and seasons pass. Years go by. Generations rise. And as God, as that, those things happen, the word's still there. It's waiting. It can wait there hundreds of years. Then all of a sudden the world spins and he finds a man on the ground where that word will rest. That word drops down again. The man in the spirit senses there's something in the heavenlies. He hears a word. The wind blows it in his direction. He receives the word by faith. It was something that was spoken maybe 200 years ago or 50 years, two years. But by faith, he receives the word. Now that word has a fresh home. Now that word, he starts working with the word. He starts laboring with the word. And now God, all that was prophesied can now come to pass in that generation because God was waiting for a man who would work with the revelation times and seasons go by your time your season has passed but the word what was meant for you stays up there until someone else comes and gets it you could have used it it could have brought protection to you it could have brought provision to you it could have given you progress but you keep hearing but you never perceive you see, but you never understand. And we sit in church, we listen to a voice, and we think, he's at it again. Guess what? Same time, this week, I'll be at it again. Why? Because this is what I, what the Bible calls, Timothy, discharge the duties of the ministry. And this is what Peter says, it's right for me to keep on reminding you of these things. Is it Paul or Peter? It begins with a P. It's right for me to keep reminding you. Why? Because when I finish my shift, I can turn around and say, Father, I told him. And, he, and it's like heaven says, where's, where, where's, where's Amin? I say, I don't know, Lord, but I told him. Where's Amin? I told him. 
I laboured to tell him the truth. I sat down with him. I ate kabir with him. I ate rice with him. I told him to put the Christ. What's he doing with it? Lord, there's no bloods on my hands. I told him. He says, okay, no problem. And then Amin has to give his own account. Why didn't you do anything you were taught? Example this, Amin. Example. He has to then give his own account of what he did. Verse 16 of that scripture, Matthew. But blessed are your eyes because they see. And your ears because they hear. Thank God. Blessed are my eyes that see. Blessed are my ears because they hear. Blessed is my heart because it understands some things. Don't worry about what you don't understand. Just focus on what you should understand. Because what you should understand, God will give you understanding. There are many mysteries that I don't understand. When I read in the scripture, I think, Phew, that's another day. That's for another day. <laughs> Lord, I don't know when that day will be. But there are other times when I read that scripture, I'm thinking, Lord, I've read this a thousand times. And now I'm reading it a thousand and one. And I'm still no more clearer today. When I, when I read it. And other times, a scripture that I've been reading time and time again, instantly, I'd never seen Revelation, I'd never seen Ephesian church the way I saw it. So keep in, the, keep in the game. Keep in the game. Revelation will come. The issue is not whether it can come, it's whether what you're going to do with it. We who are carriers of this revelation are called Blessed. We're called blessed. You're not blessed because you've got money in your pocket. You're blessed because of the secrets of the kingdom of God have been made known to you. And that secrets, when you know the secrets, then we call principles. Principles then become practices. Yes? But without the secret being revealed, we do not know the keys, which are principles. So the principles unfold to us a practice. A practice is what brings fruit. A practice is what brings blessing. The kingdom is not built on sensationalism. The kingdom is not built on inspiration. The kingdom is built on revelation and understanding. Wisdom, knowledge and understanding then out of the knowledge comes the revelation. Wisdom, knowledge, understanding. What kind of knowledge? Revelational knowledge. Now when I get a revelation, I need the wisdom of how to understand it so now I can apply it. And then he says, there's earthly wisdom and there's heavenly wisdom. Not, earthly, not all earthly wisdom is bad. Because he said, son, Pay attention to your mother and father. Listen to what they say. Get wisdom at all cost. Get understanding. Why? He says the first people who impart this on the earth is your mother and father. That's why he says, honor your mother and father. Because it will go well with you. You need wisdom to understand. Even if you haven't got a perfect mother or father, you still honor is what causes you to receive even from a crooked, corrupt pattern. 
And then later on, we have to come to the point of where we've been miserable and now God has to deal with our hearts and we have to forgive. That's what I came to with my dad. And once I come into forgiveness with my dad, my life then began to propel. I had to understand, I had to have the revelation knowledge to understand that forgiveness or unforgiveness will stop me advancing. I needed a revelation of that. I had every justification not to forgive me, dad. But I needed a revelation of the love of God to forgive. So the revelational knowledge will reveal principles. The principle must become a practice. This is where most prophetic ministry just want to give you a concept. They don't take the revelation and build it in. So it becomes a behavior. That's where we go wrong. We hear, so we just play around with it in our minds. It's cerebral. A lot of what we call prophetic is just cerebral tennis. But then it takes the seed of the apostolic to take the revelation and build it into the life of the people. And this is where we're at as a church. When I go to Malaysia, I see, I hear the prophetic word spoken in its entirety. I hear the word for the nations. So after being prophetic like you is to pick up and say, Lord, give me my portion. Bring it down. Lord, give me now revelation. I was, I was wise enough to see that this is the truth. But now I need revelation to be able to unpack it and build it. So then I need a conviction that this is the way. But when I was a charismatic running from conference to conference, I pick up this idea, her methodology, his methodology, and it's like you're trying to push it in. It doesn't work. No, so you run to another conference and think, oh, yeah, this is the latest thing. This will work. And then you look like, then you have a mongrel church. You have a church of many kinds. Many kinds of what? Philosophies. We've done it for years. And this, is, this was the foolish behavior that pastors, me included, did. And you got a measure of blessing in that. But then there came a time when God says, Tony, we're going to stop. Now we're going to show you what apostolic patterns are and how to build them in the lives of the people. Because my people are hearing prophetic words, but they don't know how to build it. So they see the mountain, but they have no idea how to track the journey to the mountain. But I just believe in the sweet by and by, the prophetic word, it'll happen. It doesn't happen. It happens when you build it. When you build it, it works. But you think, I'll just close my eyes every night and think about it. And it'll just happen. No, no, no. There are some things can't make happen. But there's a lot of what you can. I want to say make happen. I mean, work with the word. You physically can't make the word happen. But you work with the word. That's called faith. And obedience. And you apply the principles. And the principles begin to bear fruit. Does that make sense? But we want quick fix mentality. Get the pastor to pray for me. Get everything he's got. No one asked the pastor, where'd you get it all from? Just give it to me. They want it cheap. 
There is no cheap in the kingdom. You do have to work for it. The more and more I preach around the world, the less I'm inclined to pray for people. Unless God tells me. Why? Because people, I do not want people to see me as a, as a, as a the miracle worker. I do not want people to see me as the superstar. I do not want people to think that I can just chase what he's got and have it. No, you can't. I want people, I have a desire to see things built into people's lives. That is the miracle. There are times when God will say, pray, prophesy, and we do that. But we can't do that all the time. Because then that becomes the accepted thing. That's what we do. We fall on the floor. We get up. No different. What happened? You looked to Burke. That's what happened. Because that was the behavior that you thought you had to have. We walk with Christ. We work with Christ. Christ walks and works with us. So he says, for I tell you, for blessed are your eyes because they see. We've got to be able to highlight all the, the inaccuracies of charismania. Because there's been a lot of them. And it's not that they were bad. It's just that the behavior has not got progressive. It's stayed. So now what we do is we learn formulas. So there's nothing wrong with the movement of the spirit. Absolutely. But when it's in a containment and that's all it is, it's no good. We've got to keep on moving with the Holy Spirit. Verse 17, for I tell you the truth, many prophets and righteous men long to see what you see, but they didn't see it. You're not better. Some didn't see it because they weren't around when that revelation was given. Others were around, but they just didn't see it. We're a privileged people. We are a very, very blessed, privileged people. The Bible calls you blessed because you see. But I'm adding another word, privileged. To be able to receive what's coming to us. Not many prophets past have seen what you're seeing. Not everyone who calls themselves a prophet is a prophet. A lot of prophets make profit. But they're not prophets. It's a different kind of prophet. But many of our forefathers declared things in advance and now we're seeing them. So we're privileged. It was God, according to Acts 17, who chose where we should live. The times and the seasons. Quit moaning about where you live. It's where God wants us. It's God who chose. God decided that you will become a Mancunian. I didn't get a say in it. That was just the way it is. He said, but you don't have to speak like one, Tony. You don't have to act like I can take the Mancunian out, the boy. If I can take the boy out of Manchester, I must be able to take Manchester out, the boy. We all need a birthplace. Amen? I'm just trying to look at a place to land here. So much I wanted to say to you. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. It's a kingdom that cannot be shaken. It's a revelation coming to us that stops us being shaken. 
This revelation, every time it comes, it reveals Christ, his father, the spirit of prophecy, that's how we know, and his coming kingdom. This coming kingdom is something that cannot be shaken. The kingdom cannot be shaken, but you can be. So if the kingdom that's coming that you're receiving comes by fresh revelation, it stops you being shaken. So when circumstances come, it's the revelation that holds you. When everything around you is, is, is being shaken, you stand strong. When all around me is sinking sand, what do you do? On Christ the solid rock I stand. So what is Christ the solid rock? It's revelation. It's revelation of the Christ. What revelation? The one that's coming to me. The one that's already come to me. The one that needs to come to me. Does that make sense? Without this revelation increasing, all my only revelation will be is how the circumstance is affecting me. That can't be your, that can't be your testimony. That can't be your revelation. We talked about this in sonship. The testimony is not what you went through. It's the one that walked you through what you went through. Because everyone's got a testimony of trials. But not everybody's got the same God. Walking them through. Yes? So if you can bring the Christ through, the revelation, and what happens is, here's the revelation. You ready for it? I go through a trial. I go through it through suffering, tribulation, tears, confession of the word, reading of the word, intimate. I get through that, and then Christ is revealed. Through the tribulation, through the circumstance, okay? So I get a revelation, I perk up, I stand up, I cheer up, and then I take another step beyond the revelation, and then trials, tribulations, circumstances come again. But now I have more faith, because I remember now how he got me through here. But the lesson in this lot is different from that. Okay, so as I get through this trial, tribulation, Christ through revelation is revealed. Right? So now I've had two revealings of revelation. Because for every circumstance, there must be a revelation. You just didn't get through your hard times. Because if you just keep getting through the hard times, this is where that phrase comes, I've been round this mountain before. And you'll keep going round the mountain because you've missed the person who's trying to speak to you in the midst of the trial. Christ must be revealed in that. So then it gives me faith to take him and trust him for the next lot that comes. And every time he's revealing himself, I am being perfected. I'm becoming more and more transformed into the likeness and the image of Christ. So by the time I finish my race... Faith is strong, revelation is strong, and he says, come in, well done, that good and faithful servant. Faithful what? You, you work with everything I give you. Christ is being revealed through everything we go through. But so many people say, I've been round the mountain. Well, the Israelites did that, look what happened to them. Forty years of their life wasted. They might as well have died the first day. Save themselves, all that heartache. Wow. Therefore, since we are receiving 
a kingdom that cannot be shaken. This kingdom, here's the revelation now, you ready? This kingdom is just as much physical as that it is spiritual. Now, very often we think everything is spiritual. And it's behind. Away somewhere we can't see it. Let me say this to you. Who is on the throne? Oh, let me back up a little minute because I can see that's going to throw you. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, okay? John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. Now, was that physical or was that spiritual? Are you sure? It's spiritual and physical. Right. It's spiritual. But then read on in John, and I think it's John 1 John, uh, sorry, John chapter 1, verse 4. Then the word dwelt amongst us and manifested. So now he came from the spiritual dimension into the physical dimension. The spirit dimension was in there, but it was clothed in the physical flesh and blood. The flesh and blood had to be crucified. Now, he was 100% God. He was 100% man. That's called carnal in deity. Right? He's 100% God, 100% man. Now, Jesus Christ goes through the cross and his work is now finished. It's now called the finished work of Christ. So the physical has completed the spiritual. Yes? Now, who reigns on the throne? Is he spiritual or is he physical? He's both. On the throne is the man, Christ Jesus. It's a man. It's a man who's still 100% God, who's still 100% Christ. Why? Because all the way through this, Jesus said this kingdom cannot manifest unless it comes through flesh and blood. But we think it's just manifested spiritually. That we must go to the other side. This is why the heavens are open. The word, revelation, worship, takes us, gives us full access to take what's being said up there, bring it down. It's spiritual at this point. It's in my heart. So I can physically manifest the kingdom. How will people know and see what revelation what spiritual dimensions you have if you cannot manifest it physically? Many of us have got a spirit dimension only, but we've got no physical manifestation of it. So therefore, people cannot see what you see, cannot know what you know, and cannot touch what you have touched. It must have a physical expression. It's, it's okay praying as we pray and we start going into building the spirit, it must have a physical manifestation. Have you ever heard that phrase? He's so spiritually minded that he's no earthly use. We are not men who beat the air, Paul says. No, no, no. We know how to operate in the spiritual, and we know how to manifest it in the physical. 
So how do I get the physical clean and pure? By me dying to self. So even though I am flesh and blood, flesh is not containing or contaminating the revelation and the life. I need to see, when I say I, I mean heaven, needs to see Christ who dwells in you richly. I need to see that. That's what determines whether we're believers or just hearers. If you can't manifest this thing, you're just a believer. Ooh. Now this is why we have to build the kingdom into you. So many Christians come to the church and will not allow their lives to be trained. So the kingdom never manifests. And all their prayers are about them and just their family. Now there's nothing wrong with you praying for your family. Absolutely. But the kingdom is much bigger than you and your family. God's mind, God's heart is for the nations. And sometimes it's more easy for you to touch someone at the side of you who's not your family than it is to touch your family. And while you're waiting for your family to be touched, what about everybody else? We've all got family. I've got two backslidden kids. I've got two granddaughters who don't know Christ yet. Hey, I've got family also. But I also must labor until Christ is formed. I also have a family here. I cannot neglect. I cannot neglect one vineyard for another. I must work both fields when I get the opportunity. But, you know, sometimes my kids are not open to hear what I have to say. They're not open to what God wants to say. Meantime, I'll keep praying for them, but I'll keep laboring over here. Don't put, every, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Your kids may not come to Christ until you've passed away. Because you might be the obstacle. The issue is, pray for them and let God deal with it. It might need somebody else to come along and say what you've been saying to them all that time. You know, pastors stay here and speak and speak and speak to the people. And then all of a sudden they bring a guest speaker in and he says in one day what you've been saying for six months. And all the people say, oh, wasn't that fantastic what he said? He say, you flipping. I've been saying it for six months. Ah, oh, yeah, but he said it better. So now it reveals my heart to say, why did he get the glory? God says it's not a matter of who gets the glory. They got it. They got it. If you can rejoice in that, it doesn't matter who says it. Or who he uses to say it. True? But we want the glory. We want the fruit for the labor. You've got the fruit. They got it. If you hadn't labored, they'd never have got it. If you hadn't keep telling your kids not to do that, when the one person comes along and tells them not to do that, it was your 60 years, 20 years, 30 years, that finally made sense to somebody else when they came along and said, don't do that. True? But we want to see our kids. We want to feel the tears because of the pain they caused us. That's called gratification. True? We want to be able to lead them to Christ because I bore the pain for them. I suffered in prayer for them. Jesus says, no, you didn't. You were just doing what you should have been doing anyway. Come on. <laughs> Hebrews 6, 7 said, the land that drinks in the rain often falling on it and that produces the crop and useful to those who farmed it receives the blessing 
of God. The land that drinks in the rain. Can you drink in the rain? Can you produce a crop useful to those whom it is farmed, receives the blessing of God? But the land that produces thorns and thistles is worthless and in danger of being cursed. And in the end, it will be burned. Land does not need to be taught how to drink when it rains. Land is built to drink. Land is designed to absorb, to carry, and to distribute. Say that again. Land is designed to receive, carry, store, and distribute. It's amazing, isn't it? When the waters recede, when you saw the floods early on this year, and you couldn't see any, you couldn't see any farmland, you just saw it looked like a lake. The water goes where? Into the ground and pushes out. That ground will be wet for many years. And the land knows how to drink. Why? Because it knows how to supply life to the seeds. It knows how to work with what's already under there. Every week, Christians all around the earth are trying to receive, receive. Lord, let it rain, let it rain, let it rain. They don't know how to drink. That's the problem. And when they do drink, they don't know how to store. And they don't know how to distribute. They've never brought it into a physical application. When Jesus was speaking parables, how many of you know they had physical applications? The lost coin. The parable of the sower. They have physical manifestations. The parable of the dragnet. The parable of the treasure in the field. You can go on and on and on. They weren't just spiritual, they were physical. He was using the physical to highlight the spiritual. Everything must have a physical outworking. We can't be so heavenly minded that we're no earthly use. This land, we're not praying for rain. Certainly not in Manchester. We're not praying for rain. The issue is, can you drink? It's already raining. It's raining right now as I speak. But can you drink, dear Liza? Have you got a hole in your bucket? Do you know how to hold what's coming from heaven? Do you know how to manifest what's coming from heaven? This is the key thing. This is the revelation that will shape our life for sure. This kingdom, everything starts in seed form. Everything. And then it must manifest. The food that you eat starts as a seed. Does it not? Starts as a seed. And then through cultivation, irrigation, marketing, cooking, you then physically eat what started off in a seed. And then it manifests in a different way. It brings health to your body. True? Then the body has a way of separating the poison from the nutrients. It's called a toilet. So everything must have a physical manifestation. What we do is, the danger with supermarket food is because, it's not, because of the consumerism, it's not staying in the ground long enough. So the nutrients are not getting to the people. Because consumerism is taking over. So we want organic. But then we pay a price for organic. 
But organic's the way we need to go. Because that's the way Christ originally made it. Everything was organic. And everything that's not organic has a way of manifesting. It's called sickness. And everything that is organic should bring health. Everything must have a physical application. True? So let's stand to our feet, if we will. I've got far more than you can endure. We want a physical manifestation. The Christ had to become the man. He who endured the cross did it for the joy that was set before him. He saw spiritual sons and daughters ruling and reigning. But he saw them ruling and reigning both in the physical and in the spiritual. This kingdom must be made manifest. This word must dwell amongst us and must manifest. The kingdom must manifest rather than your flesh keep manifesting. This kingdom must manifest. So right now, if you will, raise your hands and say, Father, that with the spirit of wisdom and revelation, I keep asking the Lord, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ and his glorious Father, that you will show me the revelational knowledge needed to take from the Spirit so it can manifest in the physical. Show me how to do this. Show me how to walk. Show me how to talk. Show me how to live. Show me how to operate so that this kingdom can manifest. Father, forgive me for just thinking everything's so spiritual. Father, you're showing me that there must be a physical application to what spiritually has taken place. And as the spirit man grows within me, the physical manifestation must also grow and rise. The works of the kingdom is physical. So that the harvest can come. Lord, I don't want to be land that doesn't know how to drink. I don't want to be soil that doesn't know how to hold. I don't want to be soil that doesn't know how to distribute. I want to be fertile soil. Carrying organic life. Nutrient life coming from heaven. Manifesting the kingdom. Pushing back the darkness. Manifesting the kingdom. Taking territory. In my own heart. As well as physical territory and spiritual territory. Jesus, I need the revelation. I need this revelation. I keep asking the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. That he'll give me this revelation. Lord, I will not come like the Ephesians. I will not forsake my first love. I will not let go of this revelation. I will keep asking. And I will keep working until Christ is manifested. Till his kingdom manifests. Till the light shines. Until I break open a new dawn. Break open a new dawn. 
You have the power to break open a new dawn. That's what the revelation's there for. To break open a new dawn. That brings the kingdom to another level within your life. We are receiving its kingdom. Oh, Father, right now, touch every eye, touch every ear, touch every heart, Father, right now. The, 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 the secrets of the kingdom has been made known to us. So, Lord, we consider ourselves as being the earth. We are the company of people. And we will take this seed, we will take this word, and we want to manifest starting right now. Is that how you feel, church? Let him capture you. Let him capture you. In Jesus' holy name. And the people of God said, Amen. Amen. Amen.